Welcome to everyone from all of your centers. Today I'll continue to talk on the Mangala Sutta about the teaching the Buddha gave that living in a suitable country is the highest blessing of our life. Now there may be the question about this word life. Many of you may be wondering who is the one that determines one's life? Who is the one who predestines it? Or why are people's lives different? We can see that people are born differently. Each person differs. Some may have wisdom. Some people may have no wisdom. Some are born in a family with high status. Or some are born in a family with no status. People also differ according to race and social class. Why does this arise? Or some people want to progress in their life, but are met with obstacles in all that they do. They have to do it in a hard way, with much difficulty. But there are those people who have all these difficulties, but are still able to succeed at the end of their life, even though this may be far and few between. But there are also many who end up not succeeding. They lose out and waste away. But some other people have much support and have all the superior causes and conditions to gain prosperity. Though there may be many who gain success with these ripe conditions, there are still some who will lose that prosperity. So how will we answer this question about what determines one's life? How does the Buddha and the Buddhist teachings answer this? One, one's life is predestined or predetermined by God? Two, is it a deity that predestines one's life? Or three, is it karma that predestines one's life? This question doesn't seem easy to answer, but the Buddha has answered it already. It's in this Mangala Sutta. The fortune or fate of our life is the same as with a tree. Who determines the fortune or the destiny of a tree? The answer is that it's all the causes and conditions that determines the fate of a tree. What are the different causes and conditions of various trees that makes their fortune differ? There are some species of trees that people will generally like. But still in that same species of trees, such as mango trees, some of them are flourishing, but some will be stunted, or some trees will die when still small. Some trees, though they are in the same area, some will flower and grow beautifully, whereas others may not be beautiful and some may die. And there are some species of trees that people generally don't like. They may be considered weeds, such as trees that spread thistles. In some places, these trees grow well, but in others they don't grow and decay. In the same place, some trees may flourish and grow well, but some may die when still small. Many people say it's due to the causes of soil, fertilizer, water, environment and weather. Does this cover all the causes? If we understand the Mangala Sutta, then we can answer this question on what determines the tree's fate. In the Mangala Sutta, we understand that the destiny of the life of a tree lies in its causes. 
one, the surrounding conditions such as the country, the amount of light, humidity, amount of water, fertilizer. These are to do with environmental conditions. Two, the species of the tree, evergreens, herb trees, fruit trees, flower trees or or trees considered as weeds. If it's a good species, people like them and want to grow them. If it's a tree that is a weed, then people won't like them. They'll see it as being a useless tree and even as a danger. So no matter how much these weed trees flourish, they can't change themselves into an evergreen. It's just not possible. The third cause is the system of nourishment of the tree. If the path of nourishment is damaged, such as the root being broken or as a seed it was bored into by worms, then no matter how good the species and how ripe the surrounding conditions, the tree will have problems. Maybe it will be stunted or it will eventually fall and die. The fortune or destiny of the life of a tree is dependent on these three causes. The fortune or fate of the life of a person or of all beings born into this world is the same. It is due to these three great causes. One, the environment or surrounding conditions. For example, the people around such as one's father and mother, family or other people we associate with, whether these people are wise or are fools. This will have an effect on the fortune of our life. And the country we live in, its prosperity in terms of food and living, the level of stability, whether it's in peace or chaos, is there fighting and war? For example, if a child today is born in Thailand, Singapore or Malaysia, this is a place of peace and happiness. But if they're born in a place where there is war or political instability, then the supporting conditions are very different. So people born with different surrounding conditions is one important cause affecting their fortune or their fate in their life. Number two is the inheritance of the mind. For example, the habitual tendencies of the mind. How one has built up and trained their mind in the past life. This is hard to change. So how can we notice this? We can see that even in the same family, brothers and sisters or twins, they're brought up with the same surrounding conditions, but one may be good and can develop goodness, but the other may not be good, may be lacking and may damage the good name of the family. Some are born in a difficult environment. They have much hardship. They're poor. They meet with people who harm them. They meet with many obstacles and they probably shouldn't be able to meet with anything good. But some are able to overturn those conditions in that family. They have diligence and endurance. A parent who has faith, good mindfulness and wisdom, they can take themselves and their family to overcome obstacles and difficulties of being poor and are able to succeed in life fully. There are people like this. This point is shown in the Mangala Sutta, that a person who prospers in life, it's because they have made merit and developed themselves spiritually in the past. So in the present, their mind is good. They have an easy life. 
they have causes and conditions that support them to progress. Here, Venerable Ajahn Chah has said that some people that have merit in spiritual development, if they stay far from a Kruba Ajahn, a good teacher, who can help to teach them Dhamma, those people may progress slowly in their Dhamma practice. And a person with small spiritual development and little wisdom, but they stay close to a Kruba Ajahn who has a high level of mindfulness and wisdom and who instructs them in the practice frequently and they're able to learn and to follow them in the practice, then those individuals' practice may progress quickly. So can you see this association with wise persons? Or it is a karma of being close with a Krubhajan that is imbued with mindfulness and wisdom. Or if we have friends that have high mindfulness and wisdom and who advise us, then we can get the highest goodness. And the third cause and condition of the fortune and fate of one's life is the karma or actions that one does in the present. This is the most important. A person who is in a good environment has built up merit and spiritual development from the past. But if they don't do good actions, then their future is dark. They can lose all in their life. But in the opposite, one who has a bad environment has done little merit and spiritual development in the past, but is not heedless of goodness, tries to avoid the bad supporting conditions, tries to make oneself a good person, has diligence and industriousness in studies if one is of that age. They try to be competitive and have a high level of patience. Those that can endure and fight with these obstacles, then they can meet with success. And there are many of these types of people. Or if this is in the practice of Dhamma, then we can know and see the Dhamma. Practicing in this way will have a good and successful life. These three causes is what the Buddha said is the highest blessing. Living in a suitable country, having made merit in the past, and to have established oneself rightly with Dhamma. These three are the highest blessings. They will make our life easy and will lead us to progress to become excellent and good. We will easily gain success in life. If a person has all these three causes, they are called someone who has a lot of merit. Whatever they do, they'll have people supporting them. Whatever they do, the causes and conditions seem to be supportive for them to succeed. This is called the past merits that one has accumulated. But for some people, they meet with difficulties and obstacles, but they don't back down. They see the drawbacks of a difficult life. They can see the Satchadhamma, the truth that life is suffering then they try to build merit because they know they have little. They aren't heedless in life and they can find the path of prosperity for their life. They know that associating with bad people will lead them to bad things, so they try to avoid them. If they haven't met with wise people, so then they try to search for them so they can get advice and will be led to the highest goodness. This is called one having wisdom. In this present day, if a person knows which teacher has practiced well in the Dhamma, then no matter how far away they are, they will do their best to find them. This is the path to prosperity in life. If we know we have little merit, then we stay close to a wise person, listen to their teachings and not be heedless. 
We push to build our goodness. We avoid bad and unskillful actions. We respect and follow a good teacher. And then our life will prosper. We venerate those who should be venerated by practicing the Dhamma. This is the highest practice. So a person with merit and spiritual development will live in a suitable country in this present life. For example, a country that one can practice the Buddha's teachings. So what is a suitable country? If a country has prosperity in terms of food, wealth, has much ease and convenience, a good economy, high standards, a high standard of living, plentiful natural resources, beautiful sceneries, a well-planned city, grand buildings, they have hospitals and schools, department stores, they have everything. Is this a suitable country? What is a suitable country or locality that the Mangala Sutta refers to? This is referring to a country that gives one the opportunity to build the different types of merit and goodness. For example, one can practice the ten types of meritorious actions. They are able to keep the five and eight moral precepts. They can practice the ten types of wholesome actions of body, speech and mind. Or in a country that lets us see the highest things. For example, the Buddha, the noble Sangha. Or we are able to listen to the Dhamma teachings from a Buddha or the noble Sangha and Arahants. Or we can build the noble inner wealth. That is, we can build and train in morality, concentration and wisdom. Or it's a country that makes us able to recollect our refuge in the Triple Gem. This is a suitable country in terms of the Mangala Sutta. It doesn't mean just prosperous in terms of material development. If that country doesn't have Dhamma, then it's not a suitable country. So may we understand it in this way. So therefore, all of you who are already born in a suitable country where you can practice the Dhamma, you can pay respects to Arahant monks in the lineage of Venerable Ajahn Man and Venerable Ajahn Chah, then you all have done much good merits and have much spiritual development already, being born in a good environment. Then all that is left is for us to practice the Dhamma and not be heedless in it. Then we will meet with happiness in this life. May you grow in blessings.